Welcome to the Good Fiction Podcast. Join us as we continue with Things That Charlie Did, Chapter 10. Over the next several days, Charlie was very focused on his writing again. His face was quickly healing, and the pain medication helped a great deal. He saw Maria around at dinner and occasionally on an early morning, but kept his distance for a few days so he could write. She was distracting to him, in a good way, but distracting nonetheless. The writing was giving him a look at parts of his early life he never really had a reason to think about before. He wrote about his days in the group foster home, the relationship with his foster parents. While writing, he began to focus on the last summer before he left his foster family to go off to college. Funny, something about that summer just didn't set well with him. He couldn't put his finger on what it was. Sure, there was the normal scuffles between him and his foster brothers and sisters, but nothing abnormal. His foster parents were beautiful people who he had loved and still kept in regular contact with. They had never done anything to hurt any of their foster kids. There was that feeling again, though. Writing about that time in his young life was bringing this strange emotion again. What was the last time he had felt it before that particular writing session? What had he had been thinking of? Simple. It was a few days before the narrow trail with Maria and her horse spirit. Frustrating as it was, Charlie just couldn't figure out what that was all about. He got so tired of dwelling on it that he thought he'd just ask her out to do something one evening, and if she wanted to go, he would take the evening off from riding. He trotted down the stairs for dinner and found that the Garcias had a guest. It was Mr. Gomez. Sitting in the large leather chairs, they were facing each other. Gomez was quietly talking and using both hands to emphasize whatever point it was he was trying to make. The thumping of Charlie's feet down on the stairs caused both men to look up and see who it was. Charlie, said Mr. Garcia warmly, how are you? Fine, all things considered, and you? Oh, can't complain. Well, let me let you two gentlemen get back to your discussion. Sorry I interrupted. I started Charlie. No, no, that's why I'm here this evening. I'd like to talk to you. I've been waiting until you felt better. Of course, I heard what happened and would like to get a little bit of information. Sure, Charlie approached Mr. Garcia and extended his hand. They shook hands and Mr. Gomez stood and gestured for Charlie to sit in one of the leather chairs. It isn't often you see someone offer you a seat in someone else's house. No big deal, but it did seem a little strange. Thank you, said Charlie, and he sat down. So what happened, asked Garcia. He listened intently as Charlie described how the men had come out of the jungle and the other events of the day. So you did see their faces, right? Yes, said Charlie. Could you identify them? Well, I suppose so. Fine, said Garcia. That's really all I need to know. He stood up to indicate that he was at the end of his conversation. It was kind of awkward. He felt embarrassed for Mr. Gomez. 
God who did this to you, believe me. Don't you worry, said Garcia. I'll be okay, said Charlie. How about the boy? Have you made any progress on that? Charlie wished he hadn't asked the question as soon as it escaped his lips. A sore spot had been aggravated, he could tell. Well, you know, Mr. Charlie Duncan, we're really doing everything we can. Now, if you'll excuse us, please. That's got to be one of the worst cold shelters Charlie had experienced in a long, long time. Charlie's background in money didn't seem to make much difference to Garcia. This was something Charlie wasn't used to. He nodded his head and excused himself to the back patio. He was pleased to find Maria there. Sitting at the table where they ate their meals, she was barefoot, her legs crossed with a stack of papers in her lap. She was so engaged with the paper she was grating that she never even noticed Charlie come outside. Her hair hung over her face as she read and wrote quickly with a large red marker. Hi, said Charlie. Oh, hi. She looked pleased to see Charlie, but her head immediately went back down to the paper and she continued to read. She did now put her hair behind her ear and tilted her head so it wouldn't fall. Maria took the one-foot-high stack of papers in front of her from her lap and set it on the table. You know something? I may want to take a little break. I need a break, she said. Oh, I know what you mean, said Charlie. How about a walk? This time no horses, though. Okay, come on. Let's go right now. They giggled and walked that now familiar way into the clearing behind the house. This time, though, he held her hand as they strolled. You get to talk to Mr. Garcia, she asked. Hey, does he always make himself so at home in your parents' house? What do you mean, she asked. I don't know. It was a little like he owns the place, telling me when and where to sit. It just struck me as odd, that's all. Guess he just feels that he can uh, be comfortable there, said Maria. I'm sure my parents don't mind. Charlie decided not to pursue that any further with her. It was clear that she was going to defend Mr. Gomez. Looks like you had a big old stack of papers there to grade. Well, they're not that old, she said. Not yet, anyway. They might get that way if I keep putting him off, though. Haven't been motivated lately, asked Charlie. This whole thing with Juan's death has the teachers down, and the students, too. Everyone's upset, and that poor girl, Margarita. Oh, Charlie, she just cries all day long. The young lady that was Juan's girlfriend, asked Charlie. Yes, she said. Charlie instantly pictured the girl in his mind, including the turquoise stone she wore around her neck. tells me they were planning to get married, said Maria, and moved to Mexico City. They probably would have made it, too. You know, the thing I remember most about seeing her at the funeral, said Charlie, was a necklace she was wearing. A necklace? Yes, it was leather with a turquoise stone at the end, you know, like a pendant, but very unusual. Hmm. Hey, you want to go ride Spirit? She changed the subject. I thought you said no horses. You don't seem to want to talk about that necklace much, do you? Why, she asked. You think there's something to that? I don't know. 
Charlie shrugged his shoulders. I do know that Juan was wearing one when he was killed, and the jerk that tried to flatten my face was wearing one, too. Now Maria stopped. She pulled her hands away from Charlie's. The look on her face was serious and stern. I've told you before, Charlie, this isn't California. Things are done differently here. Don't try to figure things out that don't pertain to you. You were actually given a gift the other day. Those two guys could have easily killed you. Well, why didn't they? asked Charlie. Maria bowed her head. They asked him not to. Out of respect for my father, they didn't do it. My father? Maria now took both of his hands into hers. I'm really starting to like you a lot, Charlie Duncan. Don't. Please don't pry into things that don't concern you here. Charlie said he wouldn't, but they both knew that was a lie. Look, if you really want to do something, come talk to my class. How about that? Talk to your class? About what? Asked Charlie. Inspire them. Tell them the importance of an education. Really? You want me to do that? What about the language? They all speak English, she said pertly. Yeah, I've told them that before. or even stay in the community and become productive around San Miguel and Cuidad Norte. She had students do both in the past. Most of them, however, remained farmers, and the cycle of poverty continued. Why is that, Charlie asked. Lots of reasons, she said. One of the biggest is that many have got to quit school to help out at home by working. Others are just bored. I mean, there's only so much one can do to hold their interest here. We do a pretty good job of staying up with the latest instructional techniques, but we don't have the money for the tools. Tools? What do you mean? Well, computers, internet access, a decent library, you know, those sorts of things. Things kids in California take for granted. Maria knew Charlie's last comment was right on the mark, but didn't want to insult his culture by agreeing with him out loud. They said their good nights once they made it back to the patio. Maria piled the classwork back into her lap and went to grading it once again. Charlie went back to his room and sat immediately at his desk to write. It took about 30 minutes to take his mind totally off Maria so he could write. Once he was able to do that, the thoughts and words began to flow. He was back to the summer before he left to go to college. Now he pictured himself back at the foster home. That summer there was the skiing trip to some lake up in the mountains. Charlie and three of the older foster brothers and sisters went too. 
The trip had been a lot of fun until the accident. The details had been erased by time. After all, it was 20 years ago, but he did remember that his foster dad had let him drive the boat while they were pulling his foster sister, Brenda. The lake waters were smooth that day. That detail was remembered. No one saw the tree stump that was sticking up two feet out of the water. The boat hit it head on, and a hole was ripped in the fiberglass bottom. It sank quickly. Everyone had on ski jackets. The accident was witnessed by at least four other boats. No one was in the water for more than just a few minutes. No one had ever blamed Charlie for the accident. There had been a drought in the mountainous area of North California, and the lake level was low. Had there been one or two good rains the week they went on the trip, the stump would have been six or eight feet underwater. Besides, the only thing lost was the boat, and even it was replaced by the insurance. Most importantly, though, no one had been hurt. What was this? What was this thing that caused those feelings deep inside of Charlie sometimes? The feelings at the beach with Mandy. The feelings the other day on the trail with Maria and her horse. It seemed like it might have something to do with that, but then again, it really hadn't been that big a deal. Charlie showered after two hours of riding and crawled into bed. His face was feeling much better, but the swelling had not gone away. His cheek and under his eye were still bruised. The kids were going to notice it. What would they say? Better still, what was he going to say? He drifted off to sleep, trying to answer that question. Thanks for listening. Join us next time as we continue with Things That Charlie Did. I'm Rodney Mathers. Goodbye.